Uh, what's up, guys? I'm uh, I'm just setting up the room. We'll get started here in a couple minutes. Uh, quick overview is um, basically I'm going to give a little introduction about how the tax code works, just to give you guys an idea, and probably go into like a few details of of um, we shouldn't be paying it, um, and then uh, and then uh, after that we'll get into some some Q and A time. So basically, if you have any questions about anything that I talk about. Or if you have kind of your own situations um, with uh, with the IRS, I can't really give like advice per se, but I can kind of um, talk about you know what I know, how the IRS operates, and um, and that sort of thing. Uh, should be a good time. Um, if you if you are new, um, make sure you follow me and you follow the room. And uh, Liberty Shamrock is up here. She's going to help me moderate tonight yeah i'm gonna put a link up at the top and if you go to this link uh this is uh this is my website for everything that i do um related to taxes it's it's mostly a merchandise site there's also a blog and a podcast um i haven't been podcasting for a while just because my schedule has been pretty chaotic um and i'm working on a book and a bunch of other stuff but um, if you do go there, um, there's uh, there's a link at the top that says legally stop paying taxes and you can click that and, um, and just put in your email address and uh, you'll get um, you'll get a PDF that has some really good information in there. Um, it's it's one. Um, uh, the, the PDF is written by somebody and, and there's some contact information at the bottom. Um, and, and pretty much I, it's not my document, but I agree with most of what's in there, um, which is why I distribute that. Um, but just, just kind of, so everybody knows that's, um, there's a few different schools of thought of, of, um, the best way to approach, uh, not paying the tax. Um, and it's a lot of, it's all, it's all based on the same information, um, it's, you know, it's obviously based on the same laws because no matter what you're, you're dealing with the same tax code. Um, but different people have different, uh, different approaches that they use. Um, and so, so that's one of them. If you download that PDF, um, another one, uh, is, um, once you sign up for that mailing list, you also get uh, a few days later, um, some information about, um, an organization called the freedom law school. And they they basically do a lot of what I'm doing um, here tonight. Um, just a lot of education on what the tax code is, how it works, um, to really help you understand it. Um, and that's really probably one of the most important things is that you you understand what the law is and how it works. Um, because ultimately, I mean, <clears throat> everybody's <laughs> everybody's you know big question is always, well, how do I not pay? Well, that's like saying you know. How do you not drive a car? You just you don't get in the car. You don't turn the key. You don't grab the steering wheel like you, you don't do anything. Um, but of course, then there's the consequences of, OK, but the IRS is going to come and <laughs> they're going to want some money from me. Um, well, that's because you already got in the car, um, which is, you know, you you went to um, you went to get a job and you filled out a tax form. Um, which, which basically, you know, that's, that's turning the key or you went to a bank or you started a, a brokerage account and you filled out some tax, um, some tax forms, um, which they'll usually do for you. You don't even know you're filling out tax forms, but, um, 
but as far as their system is concerned, you're, you're filling out tax forms. So um, the easy answer is don't do any of that. But of course, you know, then, then it's, well, what? So I'm not supposed to get a bank account. I'm not supposed to get a job. Um, and obviously that's not a great, <laughs> that's not a, it's not the best way to live um, for most people. So, um, so the, so the real question is, okay, so assuming I have to fill out some of these tax forms just to get my bank account, just to get my job and all this other stuff. Um, now what, how do I, I'm, I'm kind of already in the car. How do I, how do I not drive it or how, you know? Um, and so really it's just a matter of dealing with, um, with the IRS coming around telling you, Hey, you, you earn some taxable money and we want our taxable share of that. Um, and so in order to really have that conversation with them, you really need to understand the law and, and how it works. Um, and there's plenty of disclaimers to be made. Um, oh, sorry. You know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to, uh, I wanted to start recording the room. Um, oh, it's already, it's already recording. Okay. Awesome. Um, so if you do come up and you do ask questions, um, Remember, the room is being recorded, so don't say anything you don't want the NSA to hear, and they're going to hear it anyways, whether we're recording or not, but um, just keep that in mind. And um, um, so, so, yeah, so you really want to understand what the law is and how it works, um, because, um, oh, this is, this is what I was getting to, all the disclaimers. So, um, so there's, I kind of started down this rabbit hole um, a little over 20 years ago. And like, you know, first it was like, okay, this sounds way too good to be true. And I started doing my research and I found out, yeah, a lot of people have made these claims. A lot of people have gone to prison, you know, for, for fraud, for tax evasion, for, you know, all kinds of things. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I've, I've kind of been like following the, the history and everything. And even like, even though I started researching this over 20 years ago, I never really even fully understood it myself until uh, maybe just a few years ago. Um, and it's, it, and, you know, I had to continue researching it and, and I kept coming across like all kinds of crazy people who were, you know, like, oh yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> they would make all these outrageous claims. Um, and you know, some people I was like, okay, is this person a total scammer or did they get some bad information and, and they're just passing it along and, and they just didn't fact check it. Um, and, and there's a lot of that going on at the same time, we're dealing with the government and the government is like this, it's this big massive system that, you know, no matter what you do, they're always right. Um, they have their own courts. So it's not like, it's not like it's a fair, um, it's not like it's a fair fight. And so um, you know, basically like, like how do you, how do you deal with this? Because you can't just go ask them and say, Hey, I don't want to pay taxes. They're just going to laugh at you and say, no, you have to pay taxes, but you can ask them like, well, where's that in the constitution or where's that in the law and, and all this other stuff. And they'll just say, get out of my office. They, they don't really want to explain it to you. And if there is a way to not pay, um, they're, they're not just going to, they're not going to give it to you because that's not their job. They don't even, you know, as far as, as far as most of the employees who work for these um, different, all these different offices and, and bureaucracies of the government, 
Um, most of them don't even know the law themselves. So they just know their training. And if you come in um, to their office and you say, yeah, I don't want to pay taxes. I don't feel this is right. I feel like I'm getting robbed. And, and I've heard that there's, you know, that I'm not obligated to pay this tax. They're just going to say, well, did you have income? And you're going to say, yeah. They're going to say, well, you have to pay tax on all income. And, and if you don't understand the rules and laws and everything, you, that's, that's kind of where that fight's going to end. Um, but, you know, this, this tax code was created over 100 years ago in 1913. And, um, or sorry, 1913 was, was when they passed the 16th Amendment. And then shortly after that, they created the income tax. Um, but, um, you know, that was, that was at a time when you, you have an income tax code, which is thousands of pages. Um, there was no internet, so you couldn't just go download it. You couldn't bring it up on a computer and do search for, you know, for certain words. So, you know, you basically have this, this, you know, 10,000 page tax code. And if you try to read through it front, you know, beginning to end, it doesn't make any sense at all. And on top of that, every single word that you read, almost every single word, um, has a completely different meaning, but you don't know that as you're reading it because they don't, <laughs> they don't organize it even in a way where all the definitions are laid out, um, uh, you know, in, in some order that makes, that makes sense. So, um, so you have all these problems and, um, as time went on, I, I mean, people tried to fight the income tax from the very beginning, um, in the early 1900s. Um, and, and there were, there were some really good, um, successes, constitutional, um, constitutional questions and things like that. Um, but we're, we're still dealing with, you know, people not having the, the, the general public, not really having the resources to fight this tax. And so there were some people, uh, let me try to get back to, to my point about, the, you know, people going to jail for, um, for not getting things right. There were a lot of people, um, even, even starting like around the seventies, eighties, nineties, who did go to jail because they were trying to figure out how is this even legal? How is this possible that, that this unconstitutional tax could be allowing the government to steal from me? And not fully understanding because they couldn't really read, you know, 10,000 pages of all this disorganized code and make any sense of it. Um, they, they made mistakes and people learned from those mistakes and they continued to, to put the research together and really understand how the tax code works and how it's, how it's able to to, to do what it does, even though it's technically not legal. Um, and that's, that's even, that's even hard to say because it's, um, as, as we go, you'll kind of make sense of this later. It is technically legal. It's just that they're convincing a lot of us to pay a tax that we're not supposed to pay. Um, and, and that's part of the scam. Um, but so as time goes on, people people learn and they get better at this. And, and now there are a lot of people who have really figured out the best way to deal with the IRS, um, to deal with, you know, all the tricks that they pull. And the IRS is constantly evolving, too. So they'll, they'll come up with new tricks. But um, but the people who really fully understand the law now are the people who have the upper hand. And they're the ones who are kind of on the front line preventing the IRS from actually doing any damage, taking any money um, and, and that sort of thing. So, and, and I like to use this analogy. Um, when when NASA was first created, and they were, you know, they're doing the space race, they're trying to get to the moon, they're trying to, you know, launch rockets um, into space, and uh, 
you know, when they were doing all this, um, they they shot some people up into space and the rockets didn't make it. They exploded some of them on launch. Um, and now, um, especially with uh, SpaceX and and everything else, um, like, you know, private companies, multiple countries involved in, in space flight or space travel, like everybody's sending rockets into the sky. We've got like, I don't know how many thousands of satellites up there and and we're not facing as many problems as we used to. And if you think about this, it, it, like what happened? The laws of physics didn't change, right? We just got smarter. We, we researched, we did some experiments, we understood um, the, the laws of nature, the laws of, of physics um, to the point that we could move forward and say, okay, we're not gonna make any more mistakes. And, and now we can successfully launch all of these rockets and get people, get equipment, tons and tons of equipment, um, up into space, into onto other planets, um, and you know, just <laughs> floating all around space and, and still being able to communicate with them. So we've really been able to do an amazing amount of work with that. And and the problems that we used to have don't exist because we understand the law better. And the same thing is true with the tax code. Um, a lot of people are having a lot of success beating the IRS, not paying the tax, which they're not supposed to pay. Um, because the, the law is understood so much better now, um, because we've been able to, to tear apart this code that's over a hundred years old and, and granted it's been modified, you know, tons and tons, um, since, um, probably every year they're, they're adding modifications to it. Um, but we're able to really understand the core of it that gives it its power to steal from so many people. Um, and once you understand that, you'll understand, first of all, that you're not legally required to pay. And that's that's the most important part. And then from there, you'll understand how to deal with the IRS and um, make sure that they don't take advantage of you. Um, so um, I guess that's my little introduction. I just want to um, ask everybody if um, if you're in the room, make sure you're following me, make sure you're following the. Um, the club, the Taxation Theft Club, um, and also make sure to share this, invite some friends, um, and uh, and uh, this should be this should be fun. Um, hopefully, it's not too boring. I know it's tax code, and you know the <laughs> the first thing you think about is like is like taxes and CPAs and boring suits and all that kind of stuff, and and oh, the frustration of I don't want to do my taxes. Um, but uh, hopefully, it's not going to be like that. It'll it will actually be um, kind of fun. So, um, All right. so that being said, because we're starting yep. that way, <laughs> how about we take some questions, Dan? Have you guys sure. Dan, we'll bring you on up. I know I was about to just keep going, <laughs> um, but I guess, well, and Again, anybody has questions, just raise your hand and come on up. Um, and, uh, oh, you haven't modded me, that's why. Oh, well, I don't see any, I don't see any hands up yet. So, um, but there we go. Um, yeah, so um, I guess I, I know usually, <laughs> I guess usually I do ask for questions around this point and everybody's just like, nope, keep going. We, we want to hear what you have to say. So 
Um, so I'll, I'll try to I'll try to put down the basics in small pieces um, so that it's easy to follow, and then and then we'll keep breaking every once in a while for questions. Um, so if uh, uh, just make sure to raise your hand if you have any questions um, along the way. So um, that'll that'll kind of give me a good um, idea of when I should break for questions or if something's not clear. Um, and uh, yeah, let's just do, just do it that way. Um, so let's see. So let's let's start with like let's start with like the tax itself and whether or not it's constitutional and and that sort of thing. So um, in the late 1800s, there was an income tax um, that that tax was there for um, I think it was there for like 10 or 20 years. Um, and it was finally ruled unconstitutional. Somebody challenged it. It went all the way to the Supreme Court and it was ruled unconstitutional. Now, the reason they ruled it unconstitutional was because it was considered a direct tax and it was not apportioned. And if you read the Constitution, there's two types of taxes that it allows. There's excises, which is like your alcohol tax, gas tax, those sorts of things, which I would still argue is theft. Um, but um, but the point there is that it's like it's it's an exercise. You're 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 supposed to be um, exercising a privilege that the federal government has granted you, and because of that, because they were so grateful to allow you to buy alcohol or you know facilitate the licensing and all that other stuff, because of that, um, you have to pay them a tax. But you could totally avoid that tax if you wanted to by just not buying that thing. Um, so that's that's what. Um, that's what an excise tax is. A direct tax would be a tax that's, um, oh, you own property. We, we're going to tax that. We're going to tax you directly on that property. Um, and so there was a rule that if they were ever to create a direct tax, that direct tax would have to be apportioned by the population of the states. And so what that means is if New York has twice the population of Texas, then the federal government would have to collect twice as much of that tax from New York as they did from Texas. So it would be apportioned by the size of the state. Now, what's really interesting about this is when I read that, um, that part of the constitution that says a direct tax must be, a, uh, they can levy a direct tax among the states um, using apportionment. And the way I read that, it sounds to me like it's saying, no, no, no. This is the states are a member of this union, or are members of this union, and therefore the federal government is going to say we're going to tax the states. It's not about taxing the people, because if you were going to tax the people, you wouldn't need to apportion it, right? If you if you taxed everybody one dollar, if there's twice as many people in New York, then then New York is going to pay twice as much than than Texas would pay. There's twice as many people. They're all going to pay the same. So why would they need to say anything about apportionment? Why wouldn't they just say um, everybody gets taxed the same? And the language of that of that um, of that part even reads kind of like no, it's, it says that they're going to tax the states. So um, it's kind of interesting how that how that's worded. Now at the same time, other people will say um, no, a direct tax is is it's still they can they can directly tax the people, which doesn't 
you know, in a brand new free country, so to speak. Um, I mean, that's that's what it was or closer to that in 1776. Um, it, like that was um, to, to be able to come up and say, hey, we're going to tax people directly like that. That doesn't really sound like something they would do. But some people argue that that's what it means. And that um, and, and so what happened was they tried to come up with some various tax schemes where it was like, OK, um, New York has to pay twice as much as Texas, but we're only taxing one group of people. And so we have and so they try to come up with these really complicated schemes of how much everybody has to pay. So the people with money are going to pay a lot. The people without money are not going to pay too much. But in the, at the end of the day, everything has to balance out perfectly where everyone in New York or basically, yeah, everybody in New York adds up to twice as much as everybody in Texas, which is like if you consider even 10,000 people <laughs> like that's like nightmare. Right. Um, so, uh, and so there are no actual direct taxes, even though the constitution allows for it, it's not there. Anyway, so this was ruled unconstitutional and Steve, I, I see you have a question. I'll bring you up in a second. Um, this was ruled unconstitutional, the, in, the, the early income tax, because it was a direct tax and it wasn't a portion. And so, um, and so what they did was they created the 16th amendment, which says we can tax your income um, from what any from any source we want, and it doesn't have to be apportioned. Um, well, that was challenged. Um, that that was passed in 1913, and that was shortly after it was challenged um, in a Bruce Schaber case. And the Bruce Schaber case, what what they actually ruled was, okay, look, first of all, we get it. Obviously, the 16th Amendment was trying to get around the rule of uh, direct tax has to be apportioned, but it doesn't nullify the apportionment requirement. So you still have a tax. Um, if you have a direct tax, it still has to be a portion. But we understand also that if this is not a direct tax, if this was an excise tax, it would not need to be a portion. And so all this amendment does is it says we're creating a tax that doesn't need to be apportioned, and therefore it is an excise tax. It is not a tax on property or people or anything else. It is an excise tax. Um, And so, oh, there was a, oh, there we go, Steve. So, um, so yeah, let's take a, let's take a break. And, and um, Steve, do you have a question? Yeah, uh, I'm no financial expert, but my uh, understanding is that the very first section of the IRS code says that uh, federal income tax is not voluntary and it's specifically uh, taxes income on a state trusts and individuals is is my understanding wrong and thank you um no your understanding is actually correct um the 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 interesting thing about this is and so this is when i was talking earlier about there's a lot of misunderstandings a lot of people were under the assumption that the tax was voluntary because the word voluntary is it's all throughout the code um and it's misleading but a lot of people kind of latched onto that word and said, oh, it's voluntary. Therefore, I'm just not going to pay it. Um, that's completely wrong. And people have gone to jail trying to just use that argument. Um, it's not true. Um, but understanding what we were just talking about and how a direct, a direct tax on income would be unconstitutional, according to the Supreme Court, what they did was they created a tax that is um, it's an excise tax, right? 
So the question is, what what is the actual tax on? It's not a direct tax, so it's not a tax on income. What it is, is it's, it's an excise tax. So it's a tax on the exercise of a privilege. And when you look into what jurisdiction the, the actual income tax has, the um, the code itself only has jurisdiction over things that would be considered an excise. And that would be something like working for the federal government. So, um, so, and I'll come back, I'll come right back to your, your, your point in just a second. If you, if you really start digging into the code, it'll say things like, um, uh, the tax is going to be applied to, you know, any income earned through any trade or business. Right. And, and again, that sounds like, you know, that sounds like me, right. I have a trade or a business. So any income I have must be taxable. But when you start digging into these definitions a little bit more, you see trader business um, is defined as the functions carried out by um, uh, by the duties of a public office. And so what that means is everywhere that it says trader business, everybody's under the assumption that that means like, well, that's that's my tile business. I sell tiles or, you know, that's my my website business. I build websites um, because it's a trader business. And and that's actually not true. And so if you if you are involved in an actual trader business, which is the duties of a public officer, then, yes, there's nothing voluntary about it. You are obligated to pay the tax. You are obligated to keep records and file returns and do all these other things. Um, But that only applies if you are actually engaged in um, in an excise with the government. So um, that's I'm sure you have. Lots more questions now that I've said that. Um, uh, do you want to you want to go from there? You have anything else? I'd love to ask a clarifying question. Sure. So are you saying that let's take someone like a a lawyer? A, you said a guy who is in the tile business, a market. If we're not doing business directly with the government, we're not required to pay federal income tax. Is that what you're saying? Um, yes, I would say though, something like there, there's certainly a gray area. So, um, if you are a lawyer, you are a member of the bar. And, um, although the bar is technically not a government organization, um, they, they refer to you as an officer of the court. And so it is, for example, um, if, if you, you know, let's just say you know a lot of things about the law, right? Let's not call you a lawyer. You just know a lot of things about the law. And I called you up and said, hey, um, I want you to write a contract for me. Well, we're just two people, you know, just like saying, hey, like, um, I want to give you money and I want you to do something for me. And that does not um, require a government privilege. Now, if I were to say, hey, um, I want you to go into that courtroom, that government courtroom, and I want you to represent me. The, the government can just say, well, this, this guy's he's not a member of the bar. He's not a lawyer. We don't recognize him. He's, he's not going to be able to represent you. It is a, this is our courtroom. It is a privilege for him to be able to represent you, and we will only grant that privilege under certain conditions. So that in itself could be considered an excise. Now, whether or not the tax code covers that is kind of like into the millions of details of, of um, you know, 
how they associate I, everything. I, I, I don't want to steal your stage, so I'll, I'll just do one more follow up. I'll bring it directly. Sure. I'll do it. I'll bring it directly home. Uh, I've been working on my podcast, mancavepodcasting.com. Shameless plug. Let's say, let's say tomorrow that ABC, CBS, CNN, they offer me a Joe Rogan uh, $100 million contract, and I promise I will not do any business with the government, and I'm just going to do podcasting through, without any government uh, involvement. Are you telling me that I don't have to pay federal taxes on my $100 million a year? Yes. Uh, well, let's just say that I have the <laughs> opportunity to make that choice. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And that's 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 a really important um, thing here, too, um, because as I as I pointed out um, earlier, the IRS is not they're not just going to like say, oh, well, this guy knows this guy knows the law. I mean, we've seen videos of this all the time. Right. You know, somebody says. You know, I know my rights. You can't search my car. You can't do this. And and usually they end up pissing off the cop and, and things can get ugly. Um, so, I, you know, again, another disclaimer is understand the law, understand how things work, understand how the IRS works. If uh, if somebody makes one hundred million dollars and the IRS says, well, we can't just have this guy run ar running around saying he's not paying taxes. We need to make an example out of him. They're going to do everything in their power. That doesn't mean they're going to win, especially if um, if you have the right resources, but it's not going to be easy for you. And especially if you're just listening to this right now for the first time and you're just taking my word for it and you don't you know, you're 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 not going to walk away from this tonight and really, really understand the tax code. It, it's going to be uh, <laughs> it's going to be a it won't be a fight. It'll be a beating. Um, but the, the purpose of this is to really just. Um, start educating so you can start understanding it. Um, and there are people out there. And, and again, you're not going to be able to call a regular lawyer because most of the lawyers you call are, you know, they're just going to tell you, oh, just pay the IRS or you call a CPA. They're just going to say, oh, well, did you fill out this form? You know, they're they're trained in procedure. Ask, ask most of your CPAs um, next time you go to do your taxes. Ask your CPA how much of the tax code he's actually read, um, if he's read it from start to finish, um, because most of them have it. They're they're trained in the procedure, how to count, what what exceptions, you know, what exemptions you can get, deductions and those sorts of things. But they don't really understand the the fundamental principle of what the tax is. Um, ask them about the Bruchaber case. Uh, a lot of them don't even know what that is, um, and and that that fundamentally um, um, said that this income tax that we have is an excise and not a direct tax. Um, in fact, ask them that is is the uh, ask them is it a direct tax or or an excise, and a lot of them don't even know the answer to that question. And it's unfortunate that these people who don't really know anything about the tax code are the people who we're trusting to fill out all these forms for us. Um, and and that's really kind of scary because you know basically they're just doing whatever the government tells them to do. So. Um, uh, thank you. Thank you for the information. I'm going to bump myself down to the audience and uh, continue to listen. Uh, thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you very um, much. And just to reset, um, we did bring Jimmy up earlier, and then we would move on to Brian. Uh, Jimmy, you have a question or a comment for Dan? Uh, yeah, one. Um, 
So earlier on, you were talking about uh, not filing, uh, like with your employer, uh, not filing the paperwork, not signing up. Um, then isn't the employer, aren't they kind of held liable by the IRS? And I know there may be some laws, maybe you can explain a little bit. But let's say I, I start a new job and I say, no, I'm not going to fill that out. Not, you know, not, not my monkey, not my circus. Then what's the employer, what's the employer's responsibility? So um, if you read the tax code, uh, it will actually say the employer's responsibility is to ask for the information. Um, but that if the information is not returned, then what the employer can do is they can they can continue to employ you without any problems. Um, but they need to treat you as if you did fill out um, that form, a W-2 form, sorry, W-4 form. Um, they're going to treat you as if you did fill that out with the lowest number of um, of um, exemptions or uh, sorry allowances. And so what that means is basically they're going to hold more from withhold more from you than they should. They're also not going to have a a tax ID, which is basically an account number. So if you go at the end of the year and you say, "Hey, I want to get all that money back that they withheld from me." Um, then you still need to, you know, you're going to tell the IRS, hey, they withheld, they withheld all this money from me. I want it back. And the IRS is going to say, well, we don't, we don't know what money that is because, you know, they, when they sent it to us, it didn't have your social security number, or your tax ID on it. So, um, so it can, it can kind of create a lot of problems. So, um, and, and this is, uh, I, I don't want to recommend everything, anything, um, I'll just say that, you know, what some people do is they'll fill out that W-4 form and they'll mark it exempt, which, um, which, uh, you know, again, this, this entire form is, is submitted under penalty of perjury. So, uh, even if you don't owe any money to the IRS and they want to be petty about it, they, they can come to you and say, oh, well, you filled out this form and you said, you know, let's say you said you had three dependents, but at the end of the year, you, you, you know, you fill you, you fill out your return. You put the correct number of dependents that you actually have, and you pay the absolute correct number of taxes. They can still technically come to you and say, "Oh, you said you had three dependents and you didn't," um, and they can charge you um, with you know with lying to the government, basically. Um, so I don't ever recommend to to lie on these forms, um, but there is there is a there's a box that you can write exempt in, and they actually, I, I just saw the latest um, w, W4 form. They don't even have that box there anymore. It's an empty space that doesn't have any instructions next to it. But if you're, if you're one of those people that reads the five pages of instructions that come with the, the W4, it is still on there. And they tell you there's, a, there's an unmarked gap between line you know, 14 and 15, and you're supposed to write the word exempt in there. <laughs> Um, and, and that's how they do it now. Um, but if you do this, then basically what that says is that tells your employer not to withhold any taxes from you. Now, they're still going to pay Social Security. They're still going to pay um, uh, un unemployment insurance and Medicare and all this other stuff. But they're not going to hold withhold any of the actual taxes from you. So um, that's that's one way to deal with it. The, the best way, of course, is to convince them not to you know, just, just that, that your income is not taxable, um, that you're not going to be paying any tax and that they don't need to worry about sending anything or withholding anything or paying any of your taxes. Um, 
But of course, I'm, if anyone's ever tried that, or I'm sure you can assume that doesn't always go over well, because again, a lot of these people are trained in procedure. This is what you do. Like I have, you know, your, your HR director is not a lawyer. They haven't read the tax code. They just know that somebody told them at some point, whenever a new person comes in, they have to fill out this form. And if they give you trouble, well, you know, just, you don't really have to hire them, um, you know, to do whatever you want to do, but just tell them like they have to fill out the form. And if they don't fill out the form, then the IRS says, okay, well, you can let them work and you can pay them, but you just treat it as if they did fill out the form with, with the minimum number of, of allowances. Um, so there's, there's ups and downs to that. And, you know, and of course, working with like big corporations, especially you've got HR departments who you've just got kind of, um, you know, normal, normal people who, who haven't done the research into, into the case history and, you know, going back a hundred years about what this tax is really about. Um, they just know what they were taught in school, which is how to follow procedure. Um, and, you know, the, the bigger the corporation, the, the more difficult of a time you're going to have with that small mom and pop businesses. Um, usually they're, uh, you know, sometimes they're, they're a little bit more friendly with that. Sometimes they think they're breaking the law, even though they're not, but <laughs> they're happy to do it anyways because they just hate the IRS. Um, but uh, they're not actually putting themselves in any danger if they don't withhold and don't report anything to the IRS. Um, and in fact, they're technically, um, they're not committing fraud unless they do. When, when they report your income as taxable to the IRS and they're saying that you're, um, you know, they have to check boxes, whether or not you're, you're a U.S. citizen or something like that. Um, all of that stuff gets, gets filled out under penalty of perjury and sent to the IRS. And if that's not true, then they're committing fraud. But the IRS doesn't really care because they're ultimately that's going to mean they, they get money. Um, and uh, sorry, I know I'm kind of there's there's a lot of information here that kind of like surrounds the question that you just asked. So, um, so, so there's really a lot to take into consideration. Um, and, and this is probably also a good point to, to, to bring up, um, the idea of, uh, what a U.S. citizen is or a U.S. person. You'll actually see this term U.S. person everywhere. Um, and it's like, what is, what is a person? Oh, well, I'm a citizen. I guess that's me. Right. And, and you read these forms and you see that and you really just kind of assume like, well, I'm a U.S. citizen. I was born here and they taught me in you know, first grade that anyone born in the United States is a citizen. So so that must be me. Um, well, if you go into the into the tax code again and you start researching what these things mean, um, the way that they define um, the United States. Um, and, and this is really interesting. This, this is kind of like one of the big red flags. Um, what happens is, um, let me, let me go back to this first. The U S constitution was written and when it was written, it had certain words in it. Now, if Congress were to come around and say, we're going to pass a law that defines this word as something, right? Um, what they could effectively do is they could totally change the meaning of the constitution, right? Here's an argument that's going around right now. Congress could pass a law that says the word arms only means muskets. That's, that's what a lot of people say to, you know, to, when they when they want gun control. Um, Congress doesn't have the authority to do that. And there's there's case history 
um, saying that. Congress cannot just change a definition of a word because they'd effectively be changing the Constitution. And there's a completely separate process for changing the Constitution. Like you can change the Constitution if you want to, but there's a process for that. It's a constitutional amendment and you have to go through that. Um, you, and it's a lot easier just to pass a law defining a word. But if, if that word changes the meaning of the Constitution, that, that's not, you can't do that. That's, that's not just um, passing a law. So, um, so there are a few words in the Constitution that you'll see. You'll see citizen, you'll see United States, um, you'll, you'll see a few other things. Um, and so if you were to define United States or, or citizen anywhere in, in the law, that could apply to other laws that were created by Congress that are constitutional because they do fit within the power given by the Constitution, but they cannot change the Constitution itself. So now when you go into all the different sections of, um, of the federal law, what you'll see is you'll see things like in the parks and conservation uh, title, um, which is, you know, that's where they say like, you know, um, these parks are, are reserved federal land and, and blah, blah, blah. There's all kinds of restrictions there and what we're going to do to maintain them and upkeep and budgeting and all this other stuff. According to that section, if you look at the definition of the United States, they define the United States as the states, Washington, D.C., um, and the territories, Puerto Rico, you know, and all these other places. And the reason for that is because they're creating a, a parks service that's going to be able to, you know, um, spend money in all of those places taking care of parks, right? There's nothing unconstitutional about, um, about them spending money to preserve parks or, you know, things like that. Um, and they're able to do that in places that are technically not states, but, um, but territories of the United States. So that's why the United States is defined to, to mean that. Now, specifically, it very specifically says it includes all of the states and Washington, D.C., and some other things. And if you go through the different codes, you'll see some other things. You'll see basically the same thing. Sometimes it doesn't include the territories, you know, like, like Guam and U.S. Virgin Islands and, and Puerto Rico and everything. But it always says the states and Washington, D.C. Um, and when you look in the tax code, Title 26, when it says the states, when it says the United States, it defines the United States as the states in Washington, D.C., but it also defines the word state as Washington, D.C. So basically what it's saying is when, when used in this, in this tax code, whenever it says United States, it's only talking about Washington, D.C. And if you, if you look at the point where it says, um, you know, a U.S. citizen is a citizen of the United States, that means that that is a citizen of Washington, D.C. And that's because they did the definitions like that. I know this, this, this part's a little hard to swallow and understand. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, it's just a mistake. Why don't they just fix it? Well, they can't fix it because if they did fix it, that would basically mean that um, that they were imposing a tax, which is which is unconstitutional, um, which is why they don't fix it um, or they can't fix it. Um, but it's also like, OK, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Why would they use why would they say 
United States means just Washington, D.C. Why wouldn't they just say Washington, D.C.? Well, the point of it is to confuse people and get people to pay a tax that normally wouldn't have to pay a tax. Because remember, they had this, they had a tax before, they had an income tax before, but it was found unconstitutional. And, and you know, they were just trying to figure out a way around this. They even recognized that in the Brushaber case where they said, it's, it's obvious that what you're trying to do is get around this part in the constitution where it says you can't have a direct and unapportioned tax. Like, we know you're trying to be sneaky with this, um, but you, you didn't do it. Um, you, you didn't get it right, and, and you didn't create this tax that you, that you think you created. So um, we, we have to take all this into consideration. Um, and there's, there's lots of evidence, like if you read around the laws and everything else, um, that support that this, this absolutely does mean just, um, just Washington, D.C. Now, back to, back to the point. Um, sorry, I went off on a long tangent. How we got here, Jimmy was asking about filling out tax forms. If you have to fill out a tax form and it says, are you a U.S. person? And you say yes, technically you're committing fraud because you are saying under penalty of perjury that you are a citizen of Washington, D.C. Now, <laughs> I, I guess I messed up already because I said, you know, that's not you. If you do live in Washington, D.C., that's probably you. You're a citizen of Washington, D.C. Um, so um, <laughs> and that's why I put the disclaimers. Um, you, you really need to understand the laws for yourself and 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 really, um, really understand this information. But anyways, um, yeah, so so I guess I'll kind of I'll kind of land this there because I could keep going off on tangents all night. Um, it's it really is a lot of information. And I know um, I just want to remind everyone, like, you're not going to leave here tonight knowing all of it. It took me a very long time just to understand um, you know, what was in front of me myself. Um, so I just want to thank everybody for being here and for listening and being open-minded because I know this is a very hard pill to swallow, but after you, after you kind of, and you can't just go through it once. It's like you, you have to, you go through it a few times and everything starts connecting together after a while. And it's, it's like a web. And once you really understand it, um, like everything starts to make sense. And then it just, at one point it just clicks and it's like, Oh, wow. I get it now. So, um, so if you're still a little confused, if you're still a little like, eh, this sounds kind of crazy. That's okay. That's fine. That's normal. Um, you know, just keep doing your research. Don't, <laughs> the, the goal of this is not to have you, uh, just run out and, and say, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to bring down the IRS tomorrow. Um, definitely don't do that. Definitely don't start, you know, sending, sending letters to the IRS, um, based on this information. Like we're, we're still just getting our toes wet. Um, and you really, uh, you really need to learn a lot before you're well equipped enough to, to really um, put up a fight with them. Um, so, so Jimmy, I hope that I hope that answered your question. Um, and it looks like Brian, um, you've been up here for a little bit. Uh, did you have a question? Okay, and it oh. Brian's new to Clubhouse. So, um, yeah, it looks like you don't have your microphone on yet. Um, you probably have to give permission um, to the app. Or he may just need to know to go in the bottom right hand corner. You'll see a little microphone with a line across it. If you click on that, that unmikes you and then we can hear you, Brian. And welcome to Clubhouse. 
Awesome. Well, while you're figuring that out, um, let's go to Jacob and see if Jacob has a question. Yeah, I actually had a question. Um, so you you were just talking about how nobody's going to walk away from just this room knowing everything. So what's your recommendation for somebody who is just coming to these ideas, maybe in this room, or maybe they've heard them before. Like, what do I do as soon as I get off the app? Do I go purchase an uh, Irwin Shift book, or like, what do I do sure. as soon as I hop off this room? Okay, um, uh, everybody, get a pen ready. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to make a, a few recommendations here. Um, so first of all, there's a link at the top, taxationstheft.info. That's my website. It's mostly merchandise. There's a podcast and and some other stuff. Um, I haven't I haven't done the podcast in a while, but there are some really interesting episodes there um, with Joe Bannister, um, who's who's a former IRS agent and whistleblower. Um, and uh, there's one with Paymon Motahede, who who runs the Freedom Law School, um, and and he actually. Um, he actually provides a service where he goes to bat for you against the IRS with with all this information. Um, so there's some great podcasts there. Um, at the top of the website, there's a link that says uh, "Legally Stop Paying Income Tax," and if you click that, there's a free download, and that has that has a lot of really great information in it as well. At the bottom of that, there's some contact information for um, for a guy who actually uses this information um, to to um to basically help you get all your money back that was withheld and and to make sure you're not paying income tax um but his strategy is is one of several that's out there um it's not the best strategy for everybody um his basically has to do with actually filing a return but disputing uh the information that the the irs has um it does work but um it's not for everybody and you still need to understand the law and actually his program is pretty cool because he um he gives you some information along the way. He sends you pop quizzes to make sure you you really understand before he tells you, you know, hey, go go fill out this thing. He wants to make sure you really understand it. So that's that's really cool. Um, the next resource I will give you is Freedom Law School, um, which I, I mentioned I, I had um, Paymon on the podcast once or twice. Um, and uh, that website is livefreenow.org. And he has a lot of really great free resources on there. So he's got lots of videos. He's got downloads. He's got some um, some interesting do-it-yourself. Um, you know, like uh, uh, he's got some some letters that you can fill out and send to your congressman, um, which you know usually they <laughs> they'll never respond. Um, but it's a it's a fun exercise just to see that they won't respond. Um, but it basically, um, says, Hey, look, this is my, I've read through the tax code. This is my understanding. I don't believe I have to pay it. Um, can you please tell me that I'm wrong? And, um, of course they don't reply. Um, and, and, um, Paymon has, he, he also will, will help people and kind of hold their hand and go back and forth with the IRS and, and, you know, help them. Uh, he's not a lawyer, but he'll help. He'll help write letters and, and do the do the filings and everything. He has fought the IRS um, to death um, and won. He's um, the IRS was investigating him for 13 years for for running a tax scam. And they eventually just gave up the, the investigation and never even filed charges against him. So um, and, and he knows this. He, he knew this from like he, he worked with Irwin Schiff in the beginning. 
Um, you know, he's, he's been doing this for, for 30 something years. Um, really smart guy. And he's got a whole team of people helping him out. So that's a really great organization. Lots of free information there too. Um, the next one I'm going to say is um, income tax shattering the myths. It's a book by Dave champion. Um, and like I said, there, there's a lot of information here and like, I kind of, like I had been reading, you know, all kinds of these, these sketchy looking websites all over the internet and trying to consume all this information. Cause I wanted to believe that it was true. But at the end of the day, I, like my skepticism was like, was like, I can't fact check any of this. There's like, like they don't link to the court cases or they have like, they misquote ca the court cases or, you know, there's, there's no laws I can look up. And it was really difficult, um, especially, uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot more resources available now. Um, actually, uh, I, I can give you a couple of them. Uh, Justia, I think it's justia.com or .org, um, which is they have a lot of Supreme Court cases there where you can actually go like, read the entire case documents. Um, and Cornell Law University um, has a website where they have all like the entire U.S. code. So you can actually go read through it, search it. Um, whenever there's a word that has a special definition, it usually has a link. So you can you can see where it's defined in the tax code. So it makes it really easy to navigate. Um, <laughs> these tools, I didn't have uh, the, the first time uh, I, I tried really digging into this tax code. So um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of better tools out there now. Um, but uh, coming back to, to Dave Champion's book, um, this was the this was the book that I read that was it was written in simple enough language that it was easy to understand. And he went through it in a way where, um, you know, just everything kind of clicked. It was all in the right order to, to really understand it. Um, so that's definitely a really, really awesome book. Um, and he sells it on his website. I want to say it's, um, I can't remember what it is. Just, just, uh, if you search for Dave champion, shattering the myths, you'll be able to find his book. Um, can you hear me now on his website? Yeah, we can. It's Dr. Reality. Um, news. There you go. Dr. Reality. Brian knows him. Um, I actually invited him to this, but he was busy. Oh, awesome. Um, and he's, he's actually been on my podcast a couple of times too. So, so, um, if you go to the podcast on taxation theft.info, there's, um, there's, uh, you'll see that on there. And, and we talk about, um, you know, the, the book and his strategy and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, um, lots of good information out there. Um, I think that's, that's all I can think of at the moment. I, I, I do want to, again, warn everybody if you just go out there and start searching on the internet, there is a lot of really bogus information that's going to show up. Um, so just be really careful with your sources. And, and one thing I always say is like, if the person who, um, if, if like, if you're looking at a website and it has all this information, like here's how you don't pay your taxes and it's, there's no face to it. Like who wrote these articles or, you know, who's like, who's behind this website. If none of that is there, be very careful. But if you go to a website like um, like my own or Dave Champions or Joe Bannister's, um, you know these these are people who are very public. You can see their face. You know who they are. Um, you know they're very open about the fact that that they have been sued by the IRS, um, although they've they've pretty much beaten every case. Um, 
like that's those are the kinds of people that you want to work with um, or um, you know even if you don't work with them like those are the kinds of people you want to get your information from if it's if it's a website where like somebody doesn't even want to say like the name of the author who's writing all this and you really don't know who they are um, this it could be somebody who's involved in a tax scam and they don't want to be public because they don't want to be a target for the IRS and they don't want to you know lead a trail so that they can get arrested because even though most of us can legally stop paying income tax. There are still scammers out there and you really have to be careful with them. And for all we know, maybe they're feds um, <laughs> just trying to set us up. So uh, I, we see them do that all the time with, with everything else. So it's possible they're doing it here too. So, um, so hopefully, um, uh, hopefully there's some, uh, you'll, you'll find one of those that works for you. Um, when, oh, that was another one. You, you mentioned Erwin um, Schiff. Um, who really awesome guy. Um, I had a copy of his book for a while. Um, there is a lot of great information on there, but just be careful with it because he did end up in prison because, you know, he's, he's basically one of the guys who was on the space shuttle that blew up. Um, you know, he, he, he knew a lot of the right information, but he didn't know all of it. He made a couple mistakes. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's still a lot of great information in his books, but, um, you don't want to get stuck at, at one of those things where, you know, you follow the, the part that he got wrong. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't say not to read it. I just say, you know, read it with caution and, and, you know, as always double check everything, like cross-reference everything to the actual laws themselves, the way they're written online, especially if you're reading an Erwin Schiff book. Um, the, the last one he published, I don't know how many years old it is. Um, but things might be, things might've been, uh, you know, changed a little bit as far as like the actual, um, law quotations and and that sort of thing so um yeah lots of great resources um awesome yes yeah, so, um just yeah. just want to talk uh, about state national um yeah hang on a second we'll we'll get to you um we'll get to you in a second uh Jay, jacob you were saying i just want to uh thank you for doing these rooms because uh honestly i i think it's uh super important for people to know this information uh even with as much as there is i'm sure you're still learning too um yes not too many people are having these conversations uh especially within the libertarian circle which is confusing to me so i just wanted to thank you for that yeah absolutely um yeah so we're um we're kind of just going in the order that, that things are up here i'm going to come back to brian because we had to skip over him because his mic wasn't working uh, but then we'll go to Will, and then we'll go to U State. Um, so, so Brian, welcome. Thanks. I was just gonna say that the income tax only applies to non-resident aliens and U.S. citizens with foreign source income. That's it. Nobody else. And the best uh, references or help you can get are Dave Champion's book and the Facebook page, Tax Honesty Patriots? Um, I would say I'm pretty sure non-resident aliens are the ones who um, who are not, because I mean, basically anybody outside of Washington, D.C. is a non-resident alien because of the way the U.S., the United States is defined. Each law Which, can have its own definitions for a word. That's true. Um, yeah, and there's definitely there's definitely a lot of complications in there too. Um, 
So like, for example, like even if, um, even if that definition matches you, and if you're looking at the definition, for example, of withholding, withholding only applies to employees and employees are defined as people who work for the state. So, um, so, you know, even, you know, regardless of your, of your citizenship status, if you're, you know, if you're working for the state, um, that, that would apply. Um, so, so yeah, it's the, the way it's applied is definitely different, um, depending on which, which part of the code you're looking at. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, and this is why it's so important to really understand all the tax code because it's different for everybody. If you're, if you're getting a 1099, that's all going under trade or business, which all has different rules from if you're getting a, a W-2, which is all under, um, uh, which is all under employees. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, if, if you're looking into this for yourself, you definitely want to get familiar with exactly how your information is being reported to the IRS on, and on what forms, um, cause that'll tell you what type of income um, they're reporting it as, which is going to tell you, you know, you're going to have to learn specifically about that type of income and, and when the tax applies and that sort of thing. Yeah, I've put hundreds and hundreds of hours into research on this. I'm actually fighting with my employer right now to get them to stop reporting. Nice. Is, is it a big employer or small? Huge. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. Because um, those are... I know they're they're the hardest, but thank you for thank you for doing that because that's um, you know not not everybody has has the courage or the time um, to to really do that. But I I do feel you know if 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 somebody were to take it far enough with one of the big corporations um, and set a case precedent where you know hey I was bullied into filling out a W four and and having the money withheld. Um, and, and if we can get a, if we can set a precedent, I mean, that would, that would just devastate the entire system. So, um, I committed to spending what I would spend for three years in income tax fighting in court. Nice. Nice. Um, definitely, uh, send me a message. I, I, I want to stay up to date with that. Um, and, um, I know some other, uh, some other people who routinely sue the IRS. So, um, uh, maybe we can we can get some other people to work together and, and help you strengthen your case um, or, or strengthen your resources, I guess. Um, but yeah, definitely applaud what you're doing. Thanks. All right. Um, Liberty, did you want to say something? Oh, I was just clapping what he was doing. I think that's fantastic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> flower and uh, yeah. Yeah, moving on along here, we move on to Will next and then State. Um, Will, did you have a question or comment? Um, yeah, actually, actually just a question. Um, so the two uh, cases that stick out in my mind about people that have attempted to fight the IRS are Irvin Schiff, as, as was said before, and he actually died in prison on, on those charges, right? Um, and Wesley Snipes. Yeah. And I, I guess I'm just wondering if, if this is – if this is knowledge that is out there and exists, you know, wouldn't a enterprising uh, attorney at some point in time have come across a case in which somebody did not pay income tax and use this knowledge to, just like you said, set you know, fight a case and, and attempt to win, and then take it all the way to the Supreme Court, 
court to set that precedent and maybe get you know this whole ridiculousness uh, thrown out. And you know, I'm I'm ask, asking this question skeptically, but but I mean, I'm you know, I, I believe just yeah, no, people I, listening to totally. this, I, you know, taxation is is theft. So that's it. <laughs> I totally get it, and and I know the feeling too. Like I I know like you know asking that question um sometimes like it's like okay i don't want to i don't want to offend this person <laughs> by asking this like i'm not i'm not trying to tell you you're wrong like just explain it to me like i, I totally get it it's it's awkward um but definitely thank you for being here and thank you for asking the question so um so erwin schiff was um he, so okay first think about like at, at the time when he started uh, when he became a tax protester, um, or, or at least when he was, he was a popular tax protester was around the 1990s, right? So there weren't a whole lot of people, um, like there, there wasn't, there wasn't like a big internet presence of, of people, you know, like resources of information and, and all this other stuff where, where people could learn, you know, what we're talking about here. Um, and so he was kind of rare and he was loud and outspoken and, what the IRS has admitted several times is when they find somebody like that, it like if it's a if it's a rich person um, who's not paying taxes, or whether it's a celebrity like Wesley Snipes, they they openly admit that yeah, we're going to go after that guy and make an example out of him because we want people to be afraid so that they pay the tax because ultimately they only they they end up um, prosecuting something like a thousand cases per year, which is nothing when you when you consider that you know. There, there's over 100 million people who don't pay taxes every year, um, and you've got, you've got, I think it's something like, um, what's the number? It's something like two million people uh, who are locked up in prison at, at any given time, or maybe it's 10 million. So it's, it's some ridiculous number, and the IRS is only prosecuting a thousand people every year. Um, it's nothing, and the reason for that is like, they know it takes a lot of time and resources, and it's just not worth it. They prosecute somebody and they don't get their money back. So um, what they would rather have is they'd rather make examples of people and just keep everybody afraid. And so especially when somebody's out there saying like, hey, you don't have to pay the tax, um, you know, what they're going to do is and this is why it's so important to like learn every aspect of of how this works, how the, how the tax code works and everything else. Um, they're going to find that one little mistake that you made and they're just going to they're just going to kill you with it. Um, and so Erwin Schiff did a couple of things. First of all, he wrote a book called The Federal Mafia, which they wanted to ban. And they took it to federal court and they said, we want to ban this book. And um, what's interesting about that case is, is nowhere, nowhere in the case, like I read through like the, the transcript and everything. And like nowhere in there did they say that this sentence is factually false. Like nothing in his book was false. Um, but when the case was finally dismissed and they, they said, we can't ban this book, what they said is, well, he's telling people not to file. So that's, you know, even though not filing might be illegal, if somebody has an obligation to file, he's telling them not to file. He's not telling them to go do something. And so therefore it doesn't fall under the you know, what would what would be what would not be considered free speech where, you know, if I were to tell somebody, hey, go burn that building down, I'd be you know, that's not free speech because I'm telling him to go do something. Whereas he was telling people not to do something. 
And so that that didn't qualify for um, for a, a violation of or sorry, not a violation, but that that didn't fit outside of the realm of protected free speech. And therefore, the book can be banned, which is which is insane, because, again, they, they never said like he's giving out false information in the book. Um, but that didn't work. So they couldn't shut him up. So they kept coming after him and they, they kept, you know, they, they tried to charge him, um, so many times. And there were a lot of people who wanted to help him. Um, and I've talked to some of those people, Dave Champion was one of them. Um, and you know, some people wanted to help him and they were telling him, you, but you're, you have to change your strategy because they're like, this part is wrong. Um, but he, he just, he was ready. Like he, you know, he wanted to die on that hill. Um, and ultimately what happened was they, um, they, they forced him to sign a, from what I understand, they forced him to sign a 1040, um, in his trial. And as soon as he signed the 1040, they charged him with, um, with basically lying on the 1040 that they had prepared for him with his signature on it. Um, so, and I don't know if I'm telling that story entirely accurate, but, um, you know, that is to say that you know, most of what he was saying was true. Um, but whenever they, whenever they find some way, because remember, this is like, this is a big government organization that has thousands of lawyers at their disposal. It's run like the mafia. So they've got people who are willing to break and bend laws and intimidate people and all these other things. Um, you know, they're, they, they can really put up a fight. And so unfortunately that's, that's what happened with him. Now with Wesley Snipes, that's actually a little bit more positive of a story. Um, so what happened with him was he was ultimately charged with, um, with, you, you can actually go download his indictment. It's, it's pretty short. It's like 10 or 20 pages. Um, but it's, it's on, you can just Google it and find it. Um, and when you read through the indictment, what you're going to see is that he had, I think it was like four different corporations. Um, and they all had, you know, income. He filed some returns, you know, he, he did, he did a lot of different things. And so, um, so first of all, when you look at, um, when you look in the tax code, um, one of the things he was charged with was willful failure to file. And, and when you read what willful failure to file is, it says any person who is obligated to file a return and does not is guilty of willful failure to file or, or, you know, is charged with willful failure to file. And that sounds like anybody, right? But then you go look up the word person, and in that chapter, it says, it's like, you know, something section subchapter five. It says, for the purpose of this chapter, the word person means the, the, the employee of a corporation who's obligated to do whatever the, you know, whatever the, whatever the act says. In this case, uh, file the return. So basically what that means is this willful failure to file law that makes it a crime to not file um, only applies to corporations. And in his indictment, he had several corporations named, and he was the person who was supposed to be taking care of those corporations. So um, ultimately what happened was, um, and, and I've spoken to uh, one of the lawyers who, who actually worked on this case um, out of Austin, um, is they had all of the all of the charges dismissed except for one willful failure to file charge which he couldn't beat because he had a corporation and he was supposed to be filing for that corporation so ultimately he actually beat his case but the media you know basically 
<laughs> working working with the government um, wanted to keep us afraid of the IRS. So they didn't they didn't let that part of the story out. And if you go, um, you know, you go Google it now and you look at you know stories uh, about that, you might find a couple that say he was able to beat all of his charges. Um, but most of the stories out there say, you know, oh well. He, he, you know, he was supposed to pay 10 million and he negotiated, he settled it for 2 million or something like that. And they make it sound like he settled, like, no, he's, he's still guilty. He's just going to pay a little bit less. That's not what happened at all. They dismissed most of the charges. Um, so, so the media, of course, misrepresented that, but, um, but it is a really positive case because we can see like, like, Hey, wow, he, he actually, um, he was able to beat a lot of these charges. Um, and, and also, you know, one of the things that he went in with was that, um, you know, like I said earlier, there are a lot of scams out there, even though this information is true. Um, there are a lot of scams out there by people who don't understand the information or they just want to make promises and, you know, make things sound like super easy. Cause <laughs> what, what have I said several times tonight already? It's not easy. You're not going to walk out of here ready to battle the IRS tonight. Um, but if you're running a tax scam and you want to, you know, make some money off of some people and, you know, you basically tell them you've got some get rich quick scheme, like you're going to, you're going to lie to them and probably do a bunch of scams. And that was, that was kind of what, um, Wesley Snipes was working with. So, um, so to start his thing out, he was actually taking a completely wrong approach, um, especially dealing with corporations and, and, you know, filing and, and, you know, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so, but ultimately he was able to get most of those charges dismissed and, uh, and there was a good story to it. Um, unfortunately he went silent after that. Um, I would have liked to have seen him, you know, take that win and, um, you know, really kind of go public with that. But, um, he's, he's a celebrity, so he's got, you know, his career and everything to worry about, which, I mean, that kind of killed his career anyways, but, but yeah, there's, there's that. So, um, but so uh, let me say this this one last thing um, that, you know, you mentioned the point like, you know, why doesn't like why can't we just like point to a case and say like, hey, look, this guy won. Well, just like the Wesley Snipes case, like he didn't win. He got it dismissed. So there's absolutely nothing on the court record saying that he won. And and especially when the, the media like um, uh, misrepresents it by saying like, oh, he didn't win. He's settled. Um, you know, or, or, like that's kind of the problems with this. And um, I'll give you I'll give you an example with with my case. Right. Um, the the last year that I filed was 2017. Um, and I filed that year because I had money withheld. Um, and what I did was um, I disputed the so the, the people I was working for sent a W-2 to the IRS. And I had some investments and some other things. They sent some 1099s. And I went to the IRS and said, those are wrong. Um, I didn't give them the argument about I'm not a citizen or you know anything like that. I just said, if this person sent you a W-2 that says I have this much in wages earned, that number is wrong because I earned $0 in wages. And they, they even have a form for this to correct this. Right. Because what happens if they gave me, you know, they say they gave me 30, but 30,000, but I only got 20,000. I, I would need to correct that or I'm going to overpay in my taxes. Right. So they have a form for this. And I just say I received zero in wages. I don't have to go through the whole explanation of justifying it because ultimately they have the burden of proof. 
Now, because I did this, I ended up getting a complete refund on on everything that was withheld, right? Um, but I never went to court. I don't have a win, right? I can't, I can't, I, I can show the check to people, but they can say like, oh, well, everybody gets a tax return, right? Um, I, I don't have a court case I can point to. Um, so like they, they, the system is not really designed for that. And it's probably designed against that because they know if, if, you know, if somebody comes to the IRS and let's say the IRS like files a lawsuit against somebody and they say, no, you know what? I don't have to pay the tax because of, you know, the, the situation and whatever. And they give the proper argument and they understand the law. You think the IRS is just going to say, oh yeah, we'll try to fight us in court. Or are they going to say, no, if we take this to court, we're going to lose. Let's just dismiss it and pretend we never heard from this guy. And, and that's exactly what they do. So um, uh, unfortunately, that's, that's the system that we have. And it makes it really difficult, really frustrating um, to share this information. Because I know that would be, you know, if we had that, that would be the greatest weapon we could ever hope for um, in fighting this system. But, you know, they're, <laughs> we're depending on them to give us the weapon to take them down. They're not, they're not just going to hand it over that easy. So um, hopefully that answers all your questions. Well, Dan, part of your story that, that wasn't shared and something I had never heard of before your case was they not only returned that to you, but with interest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, sent me, they sent me something like $230 in interest for the money that they had withheld from me. Um, and then even funnier, a few months later, they sent me a 1099 informing me that they would be reporting that interest as income to themselves um, <laughs> for for the next year. So uh, like a like a capital gains kind of thing or something. Yeah. Um, which which technically that money would be taxable because it's it's uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure how to word it without being a little bit uh, just over over uh, just kind of exaggerating the point, but it's a privilege to have lent my money to the government so that they could repay me with interest. Um, like that's, that's, that could technically fit under their definition of the excise um, where, you know, they, they could actually apply that tax to it. The good news is um, the, the standard deduction still applies. So um, if the standard, I think the standard deduction is up to like 13,000 something right now, um, so if you make less than 13,000, you don't have to pay taxes on it. That's your, that's your standard deduction. So, um, that 200 bucks, I wouldn't be paying anything on it anyways. Um, so that's good, but <laughs> either way, um, that's for sure. Yeah. I think, um, the next person we had was, um, was state for a question and then I'm not sure how much time you had for tonight, but, um, I was planning on going at least until eight um, and seven fifteen here, so um, right. at least another forty-five. But we'll see what kind of questions we get in. But yeah, state, go ahead. Welcome. Hey there, Dan. It's Michael P. Uh, using State National because this is my first time on um, Clubhouse. So um, looking awesome. forward to ask the question. Um, the State National with um, are you? You touched on jurisdiction. And you mm -hmm. touched on corporation, and I don't think, and I just learned this within the past uh, spring to summer, 
and I have seen the passports or the state national documents that others, and there's about 40,000 uh, Americans that have this. Have you uh, opened up or, or pursued that as uh, the argument and not to even play with the IRS saying, here's my state national um, Department of State paperwork? Like we're, we're as a movement for the win do you think we could kind of go with using um, the correction of status to state national? Um, good question. And first, hey, how's it going? It's been a while. Uh, good to see you That's in it. here. Um, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, there's a lot of different um, varying forms of this. And I, I know like, it, like, you're probably not going to like what I have to say about it. And I didn't like hearing it when I heard it or when I, when I came to the realization from, from, you know, my digging around there's, so when you start going like down this road of state national, you get into like this area where you've got like sovereign citizens and, and um, you know, there's like a lot of um, the, the straw man redemption and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff in there that, there's, there's definitely a lot of truth to it, but there's also a lot of really bad information. And um, again, I don't know if this is like some government program, like some misinformation program to, to, you know, sucker us into, you know, oh, let's get the tax protesters over here and we can lock them up for, you know, giving them, we'll give them bad information to act on or whatever. But um, so, but like, like you said, there's, I mean, there, there is some truth to a lot of it, right? Like if you look at your U.S. passport, it doesn't even say you're a citizen on there. It says you're a national. Um, and you can look in the, the U.S. codes and like how it defines a national and a citizen and like all this other stuff. And like, it's really weird. Um, but at the same time, um, I don't know if you were here earlier when I was talking about like, like definitions. If they have a law that defines what a citizen is, that law only applies to the laws that they have written that use that word citizen. It doesn't apply to the Constitution. So when whenever you see the word citizen in the Constitution, that has a meaning of just whatever the word citizen meant at the time. Um, so ba and basically the reason for that is, you know, if if um, you know we talk about the Second Amendment and it says we have a right to bear arms, well, it's a lot easier to pass a law than it is to amend the Constitution. So if Congress really wanted to, they could say, oh, arms only includes um uh, uh muskets and now like oh the second amendment only includes muskets because congress defined it that way well the supreme court would say no th that's not how it works if you want to change the meaning of the constitution you have to amend it otherwise you know the word arms is going to hold whatever it meant um you know back then and so um so the same thing you'll see the word citizen and national defined throughout some of the u.s codes um, and they'll say things like, you know, a national is somebody who owes their highest allegiance to the United States. And it's like, oh, well. And then it says anybody who's a, who's a citizen is also a national. So if you look at the constitutional definition, that says, okay, so I was born here within the geographical boundaries of the United States. And because of that, I owe my permanent uh, undying allegiance to the United States government. Like that. That sounds um, that sounds a little bit more like conscription or slavery or something. <laughs> um, so 
but we have to understand like that's like because they define those words and they can't like that only has to do with with those words but anyways i'm kind of going off topic but um yeah like so there's definitely um there's definitely some of that stuff that i'm not an expert on i don't have all the answers to but what i can say is there's definitely a lot of misinformation that i've been able to like find is factually false and like i like you know, I would never act on it. Um, so, but at the same time, like, I don't want to tell people don't pursue information because information is just information, right? Um, like information alone can't, can't hurt you. It's only if you pursue bad information or if you, if you act according to bad information. So all I would say is, you know, pursue the information. Um, maybe, maybe you can make better sense of it than I can. Maybe you can find some better truth to it than I can. Um, but just be, uh, just be cautious um, and, you know, make sure that if you're learning from somebody, it's somebody who's public about what they're saying. And, you know, because, again, if like if it's just somebody who's keeping a secret identity and they don't want to be known for what they're saying, you're 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 potentially risking that, you know, this guy's either a Fed or a scam or or something like that. Right. Um, right. Somebody. If, who's, if I could. Who's, yeah. Go ahead. I, I put some I put some links in the chat. And I guess, and, and none of this has to do with sovereign citizen. That is a failed argument. You go to jail. Nothing went straw, man. And um, the, the people that have been working with the state national have the actual passport from Secretary of State 13 years ago. So this is something that 40,000 people have. And Bobby Lawrence is pushing seminars out and they're using telegram to get the message out and they do have websites so i'm i guess i'm i'm trying to see i'm not trying to steer one way or another but it's it's can we come to a consensus or can we all do a more group study and yes it does come down to money certain people charge five thousand to three thousand to self uh, study and it takes between two to six months to get your state's national uh, paperwork. So uh, I am fully aware of the scams and um, the, the jive that is out there and the no names, but I'm, I'm really kind of investigating this and this is what I'm coming up with and I wanted to bring it to your attention and uh, to actually see these people that are, are doing things and then 13 years and 40,000 people, no one's been popped. So, um, you know, this is something to really take consideration, but has nothing to do with sovereign citizen. Okay, my man. Sound good? All right, Dan, I... Sorry, I, I was I, muted. I, okay. Yeah, I put my <laughs> It's an echo when we have two mics open. Oh, all right. sorry. I'll drop my mic. So, all right. So, yeah, put your mic on state, and then Dan can talk. It just seems um, there was an echo I saw in the comments. So Yes. So, um, so, uh, so two things I wanted to point out. One is, okay, so first of all, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. It sounds like you're, you're on the right path to, like, you know, figure out what's really going on here. Um, you had a question as to whether or not it was a good strategy to use against the IRS. Um, and I would say, I would say probably not just because it, when it comes to the IRS, like 
it doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter, you know, where you're a citizen or a national from. Um, if you go and get a job and they send a W-2 to the IRS, you're still going to have to deal with it at some point. And, um, and you know, maybe sending them like, yeah, I, I can't see how sending a copy of your, of you know, if they have a tax ID on file, sending them a copy of a passport and saying basically, you know, I'm not a U.S. citizen or, or this or that. Um, I don't think that's going to um, I don't think that's going to be a valid way for them to say, OK, yeah, we're going to we're going to remove this, which you which you technically need to do is dispute the amount itself um, by saying, like, I didn't receive like the word that they actually use is wages. I didn't receive any wages or on a 1099. I didn't receive any money in the course of um, of a trade or business. Um that's that's really kind of like the key thing. And even if you have a U.S. passport or you're a U.S. citizen or, you know, like it's it's possible to do all this. So having having a state um, national passport, I don't think would make a difference. But that being said, so it is interesting what you're saying. And there's and, and I, I like I, I definitely want to check that out and see it for myself. I do want to say that there's there's a couple other things that are out there that I've heard from people. One of them being um, there's there's a world citizen passport you can get, um, and you I mean you can literally send them a few hundred bucks and they'll send you a passport. But the problem is when you go to the U.S. and you say hey, um, you know, and and they've posted pictures saying basically like you know oh yeah I was able to get into this country and they have pictures of this passport and stamped with all these different countries. Um, a lot of them are third world countries. Um, the The problem is with the U.S. is you can't just come to the U.S. Um, like you can just go to Mexico. Um, we kind of have privilege in the United States um, where, you know, where, where our passport gets us in without any questions to a lot of countries. Um, but even if you're from, from Canada, um, I think when you come to the United States, you still have to go through, you have to get a visa ahead of time. You have to prove where your income is you know, blah, 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 because of the quote unquote immigration problem. Um, so uh, so the world passport isn't something that's going to get you into the United States unless you have a visa first, which, you know, maybe maybe that works. Um, a lot of people are saying it doesn't. It's just a scam. Um, I don't know. But what what you're saying is interesting, because if you do have one from a state, um, then it's it's, you know, that would basically prove that you have the right to enter the United States um, with a state passport, while at the same time, it's not a US passport. Um, so that's actually kind of interesting um, uh, that, that that might be, because <laughs> my really my only tie with the, with the United States government right now is my passport. Um, and uh, that would really be kind of interesting to have a state passport instead. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I might I might follow up with you on that, um, but yeah, it's definitely I'm not an expert there. So, no, I appreciate it. I hope you do because the argument is over jurisdiction, not the over uh, argument over money owed. But I see your money owed uh, strategy and and find no problems with that. I'm just as we all know on this call. The IRS is about fear, intimidation, retaliation, and public flogging. So, yeah, and if we can go ahead and, and work together and explain, you know, and, and do this uh, state national and have that jurisdiction argument 
down pat. And the one gentleman said, how come there's no lawyers? The black wall is out there. I've been involved in in investigations and, and so forth. And lawyers don't sue other lawyers and judges. Lawyers don't sue judges. And Reuters has done many articles on the black wall. And that's just the reality. So we got to do this through state national and this type of effort um, in pro se litigation. But again, wrapping up, uh, 83 uh, lawsuits were filed uh, under the, the Trump um, fraud. All 83 were kicked out due to procedural. No main arguments were ever heard in this nation. So our judicial system is corrupt, and that is the biggest evidence of it. So thanks again for doing what you're doing, and um, you know, keep on plugging forward. Absolutely, and you're you're dead on about that. Um, um, yeah, I mean, there's there are a lot of lawyers. I've just <laughs> I've just talked to them about certain things, and they get real uncomfortable, and they're like, "Yeah, no, we're we're yeah, we're not gonna. I, I'm not gonna work for you. I'm not gonna do that for you." Um, yeah, there's there's absolutely. It's like the. Uh, uh, it's interesting you called it the the black wall. It's like the 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 thin blue line. Um, brotherhood kind of thing um but yeah you're you're absolutely right that stuff is there um and it sucks because like until you see it um it's really hard to believe that exists because we're we're told from such a young age like oh no we got we have the most amazing court system and democracy and all this other stuff and and you know like even when i started researching all this stuff it was really hard to um believe any of it because like it's it's you know it's it's like we we have we have this like bit of faith ingrained in us and you know we 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 believe that everything is you know it's designed in a way that's supposed to be perfect um but then as we find out the whole system is run by humans and humans are very imperfect so um so there's definitely a lot of a lot of problems in there um but yeah thanks for bringing that up and i'm definitely gonna look into that um jules Welcome. You have a question? Yeah, I just actually joined the room, but maybe you guys will have questions for me. I'm re a retired international examiner for, from IRS. So um, you're talking about taxes. You're talking about maybe avoiding taxes. But everything you said so far that I heard in the last five minutes, you know, I agree with. Uh, there's imperfections. People are imperfect. Um, uh, democracy is not the greatest. There's a lot of corruption going on. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's life. So, uh, like I said, I'm coming in late. You have any questions for me or you want to say something you said before that um, that I didn't hear, maybe I could comment on, you know, feel free. Sure. Um, oh, man, <laughs> we've we've said so much. We've been on here for like an hour and a half. Um, but I, I no, I think this would be actually a great conversation. Conversation. Um, I I want to ask first, maybe just to see like where you are um, in terms of um, in terms of your understanding of the tax. Um, do you? Um, so, having worked for the IRS, do you? Um, do you believe that most Americans are supposed to be paying 
this income tax or or do you see that it's it's applied to a lot more people than um, than it should be legally? Gee, I don't, I don't even know what that means. Um, we have you're talking about individual income taxes, right? Not corporate income taxes. Right. Or both. Right. So. Well, which, um, so. Well, let me just say, let me just say, half the people in the United States don't pay income tax because the salaries are too low. They have exemptions. You know, standard deduction is 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 high. So, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day who believes that the rich don't pay their fair share of taxes, and I said, well, what is what does that mean? I mean, half the people in the United States don't pay income tax. Is that fair? I don't think that's fair either. I think everybody should have a stake in the game, no matter how little it is, you know, personally. Go ahead. Uh, sure. So so basically what we're talking about is, um, is so, okay, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a short way to, to, to say this because we've kind of gone through like the whole history of the income tax um, in the late well, 1800s, you're not going to argue that income tax rules exist. I mean, it's here. We have to pay our taxes. Um, only right, but that's the question. Like, yeah. like who? Right? Like, because so if, if if you were to say like, let's just say you know, for the sake of argument, the income tax rules say that everybody must pay income tax. Who is everybody? What do you mean? Who's everybody? Who who is it? Like the law, a law has to be very specific, right? Like if if there's a law that says um, that the says say, doesn't say the words everybody. It sure, says, it says things like individual person. Okay. There's right. there's a lot of different sections. Right. It well, first of all, clearly defines income. So that's where we start. If you make no income, there's no income tax. If you make um, a certain amount of income, there's still no income tax. You have to cross that line. And, you know, there's the deductions and everything to uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I hear OK, so, well, l let me kind of get to what I'm what I was getting at before is like, even as you're saying this now, you know, you say if you make some income, you have to pay income tax. And it's like that. That sounds fine within that within that statement. But. Um, what if I was Canadian? That law wouldn't apply to me, right? Well, um, are you in the United States making that income? Hypothetically, uh, no. I'm a Canadian who lives in Canada, um, and, I'm, and the money I earn is from another Canadian. Okay, so you don't have to pay taxes in the United States. You're right. But, the but what you said before was if you have income, you have to pay income tax. If an so, American, if you have income, ah, but you didn't say that before. But that's well, but that's kind of my point, right? Well, like, I thought you were like, talking about the United States. So, so, so. Right, right. No, but my point is like, it, it's obvious, right? Like to us having this conversation, obviously, obviously, a Canadian wouldn't have to pay American income tax. But but my point is like, it doesn't say that in the tax code. But the IRS doesn't run around trying to collect money from Canadians because of jurisdiction and the way that the like. Laws are actually written in a very specific way that say, you know, we have you've got jurisdiction. Now we have treaties. By the way, mm -hmm. um, you mentioned Canadian has income. 
you could have U.S. sourced income, and that would be taxable. Sure, and that's so. And that's something that we like. Again, that's another very specific rule where they say, like, okay, so let's say you are Canadian, but the money comes from a U.S. source, then then yes, it is taxable, and that's something very specific in there. But then, so going back to like your original statement, if you have income, you have to pay the tax. That's very broad and doesn't really state the jurisdiction of the law or who it applies to. Of course, I thought you were talking only about U.S. people and U.S. sourced income. The the rules, uh, there's a shitload of rules. Right, right. And and, um, also, now when we get uh, you're a Canadian. I'll just give you a. Well, that, that was a hypothetical. I'm a. I'm an. I'm an American. Well, let's say you're Canadian. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to ruin my example. Sure. Um, you're, you're Canadian, a foreign person actually, and you have U.S. sourced income. But in Canada, where you're from, say they tax globally, they'll tax that income. So when the U.S. now says you got to pay taxes, you could get a foreign tax credit from um for paying taxes in canada glow you're, you're in us and in most countries they give credits if you pay taxes income taxes in another country and you could use that credit to offset your tax liability in the united states that's that sounds fair we don't want the world doesn't want to tax you uh, over a hundred percent of what your tax right. be. <laughs> Right. I, I think there's I think there's some politicians who'd be happy with that. But well, but you're well right. politicians are different <laughs> animals. Politicians are different animals. They think taxing is the only solution when it's the problem. Um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, you don't have to pay taxes on the same income in two countries. But you'd be surprised. Countries don't give up. Sometimes countries say the income's really sourced in their country, and when it's not, you know, there are um, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of uh, everybody wants a piece of the pie. Let's put it like that. I had absolutely. I had, I had a case. So once. listen, to, I listened to this. I had a, a really a cool case once. It ended up cool for me because I was pretty early in my career in international when I was examining a, a business in the United States and I saw income being excluded and the accountant, I said, why isn't this being taxed in the United States? Well, the answer was they had an operation in, in Italy and in Italy, they, he claims they pay taxes on that stuff in Italy. It has nothing to do with the United States, blah, blah, blah. So just at that time, the Italian government was trying to get get um, get real chummy with the United States and share tax information, and you know if uh, like like that, like for that that industry doing, you know having business in Italy and the United States. So uh they want to know if anybody had a case like that they could help us on and we could help them so i wrote to them you know and they said come on down so holy shit i got a trip to italy you know <laughs> and 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 it was great because when i went there i found that there was no business there it, it wasn't wasn't on 
if I remember, it wasn't on another property, another business that existed. So it should have been taxed in the United States. So I went back to the United States and I mean, the accountant and the, and the, and the business in the United States didn't know I went to Italy. And I had them find out all the information for me. And lo and behold, it wasn't taxed in Italy. It was really U.S. income and should have been taxed in the United States. So I added that income to my report. And I threw on uh, a civil, civil fraud penalty. And um, the accountant... The accountant said, well, well, we'll agree it should be taxed in the United States, but maybe you should put on no penalty. So I said then basically it wasn't between civil fraud and no penalty, it was between civil fraud and, fraud and criminal fraud. So he goes, I'll sign, I'll sign. So maybe I was a little intimidating, but he tried to bullshit me. <laughs> I, I didn't like that. But Fair I enough. had all the answers. I knew that he lied to me, you know. And uh, wasn't comfortable. Yeah, and that's that's a really important point that I like to point out to people is is you know when like especially when you hear about people going to jail and and that for you know for whatever tax reason, um, it's usually not for failure to file. It's usually for something like they tried to like make up some some fabricated deductions and and you know that kind of thing. And and that's I mean that's fraud. Um, you know whether there's another option for you to not pay the tax or pay a reduced amount of the tax um, legally. If you do the illegal one by committing fraud, then then yeah, you're definitely. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a crime either, either, any way you look at it. Um, but I want to I want to ask you a question because um, you were talking about um, U.S. source income, and I would agree with you that U.S. source income. Um, is is taxable under the under the tax code, but I want to ask you. Uh, this is going to sound like a funny question. What is the United States according to the tax code? I don't have the code in front of me, but I guess it would include the United States, all the fifty whatever states, and the possessions too. Um, income from those areas. Okay, so I'm gonna. I do have it in front of me. Um, I'm gonna read it real quick. Um, section 7701A9. It says the term United States, when used in a geographical sense, includes only the states and the District of Columbia, um, which which sounds pretty close to your definition, except for the the territories. But what's interesting is right after that, it says the term state. This is this is section 7701A10. The term state shall be construed to include the District of Columbia, with such construction as necessary to carry out the provisions of this title. So basically what it's saying is a state is only Washington, D.C. So even though the United States includes states and Washington, D.C., it's it's really saying recursively it's including Washington, D.C. and Washington, D.C. You know, actually, I made a mistake on the territories. I remember Puerto Rico having their own tax. So that was something I'm mistaken on for sure. Yeah, Washington, yeah, no yeah, Washington D.C. Um, they have do they so, have their own tax? I don't even know if Washington D.C. has their own tax, like a state. Well, this this is the tax. This is saying it does apply to Washington D.C. But it's what it's saying is 
as far as Title 26, it's saying the United States is only Washington, D.C. Wherever it says United States, it only means Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about so when you're talking about U.S. source income, you're talking about income that's coming from Washington, D.C. No. <laughs> no. Based, based on what? Good try. Based on based what? On, based on common sense. It's just not Washington, D.C. But there's there's nothing in the tax code that says common sense can override these definitions. Yeah, believe me, a judge would tell you the opposite. That's not, I don't think it says that. I think you're reading it wrong. Um, it, I'm, I welcome you to, to pull it up um, if you have it, but that's absolutely what it says. Um, and there's 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 a lot of um, there's a lot of case history that, that will um, all the way up to the Supreme Court that enforces that that this is what it says. So even though um, there might be a common meaning of a word, if the law has redefined that word, the law takes precedence over whatever the common meaning is, because what you know, if, if Congress decided to write a law and say we're going to define this word as this, then why why would they do that if they meant that no we're like it, it can we can just use the common meaning of the word why would they do that if why would they specifically go out of their way to define such a word if if that's not what it meant all they said really is they're including Washington D.C. income as part of U.S. source income that's all it's saying it includes all the states in Washington D.C. Right, but when it says state, right below it, it says a state is Washington, D.C. Does it say state is Washington, D.C.? It includes all the states in Washington, D.C. I don't see how you read it. Right, it says it it includes all the states. What's a state? New York, California, Florida. No, it doesn't say that in the code. You're you're pulling that from memory. It doesn't say that in the code. It (laughs) says it right underneath, section 10. it It says state. It defines state right underneath where you're looking at, at the definition of United States defines the state. Read the thing again if you want it. If, if you want to. It's oh sorry I, you were reading it so good I thought you were looking at it. Um, no, no, no. So I'm a, I'm here watching the Yankee game. People <laughs> listening to your definition. Uh, all right, so 7701A10 says the term state shall be construed to include the District of Columbia where such construction is necessary to carry out the provision of this title. So it says the state. It doesn't say construed as only the District of Columbia. It's okay, just so adding, it's adding the District of Columbia. So does it include, it, it me does, it include does it include Canada? No, they're not, it's not a state of the United States. Uh, but the law doesn't say that, it just says state. So if you're gonna use the definition of state, like, like again, we're going back to like what is what is common definition of the word state versus what is what is the tax code, and there's 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 an interesting history to why this why this says this. Um, are you familiar with like the Bruce Schaber case? Uh, tell it to me. Sounds familiar. So this is the case where um, it was just after the Sixteenth Amendment was passed and it was being challenged, um, and basically the the challenged position was that. Um, uh, well, it, it was a challenge against the, the income tax itself. And the government's position was, no, we can, we can have this tax now because the 16th Amendment exists. And what the court ruled was, 
there, there was there was some uh, contention as to whether or not the 16th Amendment gave Congress the ability to create the same tax that had just been ruled unconstitutional before the 16th Amendment was passed. Um, and what the Supreme Court ruled in Bruce Schaber was that was that the 16th Amendment gave Congress no new taxing power. All it did was it said that this is not a direct tax. It says it's an excise. So the 16th Amendment, it, it, it basically it says they can tax income without apportionment, um, which was which was the problem with the, the previous income tax. It was direct and unapportioned. Um, but what this said it is what the court said was just because you created this rule saying you can have this tax on income without apportionment doesn't mean that you removed the provision that a direct tax must be um, must be apportioned. They didn't get rid of that. So so there the only conclusion they could draw from that was that this tax must be an excise. I'm going to send you 20 years of my last 20 years of my taxes and you can claim a refund from me for all that money. <laughs> well, I'll give you a nice portion, buddy. I'll give you a nice portion. I would I would love to, but here's but here's the problem with that. So if you look um if you look at section 3401 and 3402, which is where it talks about withholding um, and withholding in wages and the tax as it applies to wages, because actually let's, and we could talk about that for a minute. Like when you say income, like that's kind of, that's kind of broad. More specifically, it talks about wages and, um, and, and income from a trader business, right? So yeah, interest income's income too, you know, everything's income. Right. But so when it comes to when it, these are like all different types and when it comes to wages, um, which is, you know, what's reported on the W2 form, section 3401 actually defines wages as, um, as money that's given to an employee. And then it defines an employee as somebody who works for an employer. And then it defines the employer as, um, uh, the, the federal government, uh, the state government, or a corporation of the government, or or a, um, what do they call it, an instrumentality. So basically, as much as I would love to get you a full return on all your money, your employer was was the government. And so that actually classifies you. And especially because the government was in Washington, D.C., that means, that means the money they paid you with was U.S. source income. Even even under under what my definition is, yeah, so. <laughs> but let me let me say this. I mean, first I want to uh, I want to thank you for coming to the room and and having this conversation with me. Just kind of um, you know mano a mano, um, just uh, just uh, you know to to have an honest conversation and and you know not to not to try to call anyone out. Um, I do want to say I have a, a good friend um, Joe Bannister. Um, who's, uh, he's a former IRS agent. He was actually, um, in the, uh, special investigation, um, uh, or special, um, I want to say special forces, whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah, special, um, special agent. He's more on the criminal side of it. Is that exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he was, uh, he, and he worked there from, from 1993 in 1999. He, he got hit to all this stuff that I'm saying. Um, and he he took it to his uh, superiors at the IRS and and they basically said, you know, um, you can quit if you want, which is what he did. Um, and he he started fighting the IRS. And, you know, he he's you know, he was like you. He knew all the ins and outs of, of how the IRS works. But 
he had taken a different position on a tax at that point. Um, and he was able to beat a lot of the taxes. He hasn't paid income tax for uh, for a few decades now. Um, and there's there's a huge movement of people who are um, who are who have been sharing this information and helping other people legally not pay um, taxes. And when the IRS does come for a fight, um, they're able to fend them off. But for the most part, um, the, the IRS has just kind of left everybody alone once they're once they're on to the. I guess once I want to say once they're doing things the correct way, because as you pointed out, like anybody who thinks they can just say like, oh, I don't have to pay the tax. Well, I'm just going to fill out a zero return. No, you're going <laughs> to you're going to get the uh, the IRS kicking down your door and taking yeah, everything you, you have. You're going to end up with more legal fees than the tax, you know, and your life. Yeah. miserable. You know, when you, you can't really fight. You can fight certain things, you know, as an individual. I started out in office audit the first few years and, you know, you get individuals who weren't paying taxes on certain things like, you know, cab drivers, you see they're making nothing, but they're paying large rent. How do they do it? You know, basic things like that. Or you have, you used to have, um, you know, whatever, good people who were just claiming uh, too many deductions that they didn't really have or couldn't prove. Maybe they did have but couldn't prove. We had some leeway on that. You know, we weren't out to kill people, especially, uh, you know, I'd say uh, low low class economically people. You know, you don't want to kill them. And um, so that's where I started out. It was a whole different ball game. And um, sometimes people didn't know the law and file taxes themselves. You know, like you, you, you're a perfect example showing how the law can be complicated at times, you know. And, um, you know, but you, you don't want to see people get killed. So and you have leeway, you know, people put down 1500 in contributions to have 1300 in receipts. You could kind of say, OK, you gave 200 in cash during the year. You know, I, I wouldn't. Kill, there are people who would kill you. You got to show the exact amount. You know, like you said, we're all human beings. That was a great statement you said earlier today. And and IRS people are too. Some IRS people don't know the law, and you learn it as you go along. But I got pretty high up in the examination examination uh, tree, uh, international taxes. You know, for in the financial service area, that's where the action was. You know, a lot of zeros at the end of all those issues, big issues. And and I'll say this, since you're letting me talk, uh, the representation, of course, you know, for for name the biggest broker in the world, whoever they are, I'm not going to mention names. They have super representation. They have the top lawyers in the world, plus they have a pipeline into the White House. And if they don't like what you do and they'll mention to their friends who are in legal, you know, a door away from the president, it's happened to me. So it's just a matter of getting, I wasn't intimidated by anybody. So it didn't matter. People get intimidated. I wasn't intimidated. If I, I, because I, because I played the game straight. I wasn't trying to kill people or companies. If I saw something I didn't like, and I would explain this to me, and then explain what your explanation was, and then show me proof of the explanation you're explaining, and then let's look at this in terms of the law. 
I mean, I, I, if they were right, they were right. If I thought they were wrong, I thought they were wrong. And there was a, 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 some sort of compromise with bringing other people to determine what's right and what's wrong, depending on what the issue is. Uh, it, it was just, it was very interesting to say the least. Interesting. Well, I definitely want to thank you for, you know, uh, even though, even though you were working for an organization, I don't like too much. Um, you know, you weren't, you weren't being too hard on people. That's, that's always a good thing. Um, but also I, I would like to say if, um, if at some point in the future, if you're interested in coming back here, I think it would be a great, uh, conversation to get, um, to get you and, and my friend Joe Bannister to sit down and, and have a conversation so you can you can kind of hear from him what he knows in his story and and see if maybe we can we can change your mind a little bit i know it's you know well, there's, you know, there's it, not it, much at stake but yeah he doesn't have it to would be an interesting conversation he has to change the government's mind not my mind you know right if if the government well, says joe you're right i'll say joe you're right um <laughs> you know, I, I i well I, just, I had my set of laws and rules to go by so, um, you know, well, that's I, an interesting point, though, like because because the government's run by people. Right. And you agree that like some, like people can be bad. Don't you think like like it's interesting that you said you would like if the government changes their mind, then you would change your mind. Is there any point where you would change your mind first and say, hey, wait a minute, maybe the government's wrong and I should help change the government's mind? Um, That could be on an issue that's that's not clear cut, you know, in international, there were a lot of issues like that that wasn't clear cut. Mm -hmm. um, um, usually, I don't want to get really complicated. I'm trying to dumb it down. Usually sure. it's on a, a series of transactions, structured transactions, where there maybe could be 25, 30, 40, 50 steps set up a corporation in the Cayman Islands, have them register as a UK entity. And then you, you know, and you're doing something within the confines of another structured transaction that caused you to pay taxes. Now you're setting this up to cause you not to pay taxes. So it gets very, very complicated. And, uh, you know, you have to, analyze that transaction every step of that transaction and figure out which step is not is not kosher i'll say as, as a jewish person <laughs> but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah I mean? and it gets it gets really complicated uh, uh, there are there were i'll tell you when it gets really complicated uh there could be an issue on debt versus equity um you know, if 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 you have a um, um, a transaction with in France, say they could be treating it as you, you know, uh, as you own a corporation, but in the U.S. that transaction is really you 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 you've got you don't have equity; you're just making a loan. So it's it's a totally different way to handle things, you know. If you own a corporation, you could get the benefits of the tax credits with, that you pay in France. If you don't own the corporation, there are no, you just get your interest payment, not a dividend. It gets complicated. And in one country, it could mean one thing. 
in another country can mean another thing. And of course, taxpayers will want it to mean the favorable thing in the United States. So you have to really look at what it is. And it doesn't mean if 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 uh, France looks at it as as debt, you can't just say it's debt. It could be equity for U.S. purposes. It gets very, very complicated. I, I think your room was more for sure. individual taxes, and I'm, uh, uh, which I had some exposure with, too. But that was early in my career when I went into international for over 35 years. You know, I was dealing with big, big, big concepts. And it was sometimes it was concepts that nobody even dealt with. You know, it was I really loved my job. I can't say it more, you know, more than that. I really loved my job. And by the way, you said something about not liking taxes. You say that, well, you don't like paying taxes, but, you know, tax money, uh, whether the government misuses it or not, is a different story. But let's they pay for it, pays for roads, it pays for schools. There's a reason why there's taxes. Oh, wow. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's um, I I actually I want to say because like you're right, like I do. I do like roads and and schools and things like that. But I want to say this, that. The, the fact, and you know, you're right, I don't like paying taxes, but what's most offensive to me is, is not the way that they misspend it, the way that they collect it, because the way that they collect it prevents us from controlling how they spend it. So let's say, for example, you go to a restaurant, they have really bad service and, and, and the food is terrible. You're going to take your money somewhere else. But when the government gives you bad roads and they don't fix the potholes, you can't stop paying taxes. When they have police that are not doing their job, they're not keeping you safe. Um, they're maybe arresting you when you know you're not bothering anybody. But you know, like I'm, I'm alluding to the drug war here. Um, you know, nobody's complaining that that you're you know consuming some drugs in your own home, but the police are are you know kicking your door in anyways. Um, I don't have any option to stop paying them from doing the things that they do poorly and taking my money elsewhere to a better school to to a place uh to to a construction company that can fill in the pothole um i don't, I don't have that option i don't either i i understand and so but but so what i'm really ultimately fighting for is not a world where we don't have to pay for those things but a world where we have we keep the power in our hands to decide how the money is spent so that we make sure that it's spent um, in, in a in a better way so that so that we can get totally, the things that are important to us. Totally, totally agree with you. We're on the same page here. That is very <laughs> important. No, that is very important. It's a spending awesome. of the money. Spend, I want to tell you a little funny story. I don't know if uh, who's else on stage wanted to say something, but I want to tell a little funny story first. You know, you guys are fighting what's ta- what are you going to pay taxes on? We had to pay our taxes. You know, we didn't have choices. We, they cracked down. They checked out our tax returns before we got into the service and even during the service. Here's a funny story. I, I did my taxes. This is even before a terrible attack. So somewhere in the 80s. I filed my taxes. It was early April. And we had a group meeting. So we had a group meeting going over some policies and all that. So my manager says, oh, by the way, be careful. The tax law changed. Something about uh, certain uh, minimum taxes changed, and you might be hit by it. Just check, check 
before you file. You know, we don't want to get in trouble. And, you know, there were severe penalties if you got in trouble. So I filed my taxes the other night. So I said, let me go home, look at my tax return. Lo and behold, I missed it. So I redid my taxes. I owed $14 more. 14, one four. Okay? The next day, I'm at a meeting. It's a meeting for like three quarters of a, uh, of a million dollars, or three quarters of a billion dollars, like a few hundred thousand tax, 300,000 tax, up to 500,000 in tax. And, 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 you know, we wanted to pursue certain issues, my team, and it was too late in the audit. We just took over. And all councils, forget it, forget it, forget it, forget it. You'll go forward with it. You'll pick it up the next cycle of examination. It was $750 million. They told me to forget it. We'll go forward. You pick, it was something recurred every year, occurred every year. So what, while council shoots me down, they don't want to go over, go over in next few, few cycles. Let it go. So I said to my manager, Oh, it's easy. You're dropping $750 million in taxes. All right, let it go. Let it go. So I said, oh, by the way, I redid my taxes because of what you said yesterday at the meeting. I owed $14. So he looks at his watch. He goes, oh, it's early April. You have a chance to file your tax return over. I said, what are you, crazy? <laughs> Seriously, you got to file it. You got to file it over. You did it wrong. Pay the fourteen dollars. You got time. It's before April fifteenth. I'm. I You're joking with me. You just gave away seven hundred fifty million dollars. You know, in an issue, and now you're telling me my fourteen dollars is, is an urgent matter. So he goes, "You don't believe me? Go down. The union guy's on the floor today." So I went into him and I told him the whole story. I owe fourteen dollars. He goes, "Oh God, it's early April. You have a chance to pay it. Great, great. Do your taxes owe?" I said, "You're kidding me. You're shitting me." He goes, "No, no, no. They'll call you up. They'll even if you paid it late, they would get on your case or go into your record that you didn't pay your taxes on time." P.S. I I did my taxes the next night. Wow. I, I I I went to the first floor. They had a place you could submit a, a corrected tax return with a check of $14. I didn't want to be hassled, but could you imagine that? $14. That's so we really yeah. have to have our taxes paid. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I could write a book. I could write a book. I have so many crazy stories. <laughs> you should. I'm, I'm working on one also. Um, but a little, there was another person on stage wanted to say something. Uh, I keep interrupting. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I we could totally do a room with you sometime, and you could you could give your examples and and talk about it. Actually, it'd be great to do a roundtable with uh, Jules and Dan and Joe Bannister. I'd I'd love that. Got all my tabs open, but um, yeah, that would, that would be <laughs> awesome if you're up for that. Um, but I think he was talking about Jimmy. Jimmy came in. Um, Jimmy also kind of helps moderate. I don't know if uh, Jimmy, did you have a question or? I guess he's on his phone, anyways. But um, we are we are a little bit past eight o'clock, um, so I do want to wrap up the room. Um, I want to invite everybody again to make sure to follow me. Make sure to follow the club, um, the Taxation Stuff Club. 
Um, make sure to um, go to the website and join the mailing list um, so you can get notifications whenever we're going to have another room. Um, and I want to thank everybody for coming by. Um, if you want any any more information or any of the resources that um, that I pointed out for you, um, feel free to send me a message. You can either send me a message here or you can go to my Twitter page, which is on my profile, um, and send me a message on Twitter. And um, yeah, I just want to thank everybody again for coming to this room. It's been an awesome conversation. Thank you, Jules, for showing up. Um, that was that was really uh, a nice little surprise. Um, it was great talking with you. And um, hopefully, my pleasure. Hopefully, I mean, you know, I hopefully we'll... looking through yeah. the the rooms that I had a choice on is, is a twenty three <laughs> year old girls that are way too young for me, and you know stuff like that. And, uh, <laughs> this made more sense. <laughs> awesome. Together well, quite a bit here on taxation is theft, or I'd also invite you over to. LP Liberty Talk Radio, we get together. I typically have rooms about every day. Um, and you can find the link to that club on uh, on my profile. But yeah, if you're looking for adults to talk to, then uh, come on over into either of these clubs and uh, we'll be glad to talk to you. Yeah, just you could just send me any message for any club and, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, I try to keep my politics out of it, but, um, you know, I was an IRS agent in my other life. I mean, it was cool. It was cool. I could write a book. Let me tell you. <laughs> I definitely think you should. It's, I mean, it's, it's definitely some interesting, some stories you've got, but, um, awesome. All right, guys, I'm going to close the room up. Um, thank you again for stopping by and we'll see you all soon. Have a good night. Good night, everybody.